Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. So we do say Happy Mother's Day, and it's Happy Mother's Day not just to those of you who are moms, but to all of us as well. We're beginning a sermon series entitled Family Matters. Uh, the home is such an important a part of how God intends to work in our world. And uh, so we're starting off with moms today because it's Mother's Day. And, you know, I've watched moms over the years. Uh, we had six children of our own. I watched mom, that mom, my wife, navigate that process. Our, our oldest daughter now has five children, ages seven and under. Watching her navigate that process. Uh, and, and all of you, I mean, over the years, we've seen you with your kids and watching. So let me just tell you, that what I've um, seen and, and heard, I, I listen to, I listen to moms. Um, in fact, my wife said to me yesterday, we went up to see our youngest up in Scroon Lake, New York yesterday, uh, her, her 19th birthday, and we were driving back. We spent 15 hours yesterday, left at seven in the morning, got back at 10.30 at night, and I was talking about, that's a long day. And she said, yeah, but I'd rather do 15 hours like this than go through labor again with her. <laughs> and she wasn't, from where I was sitting, it wasn't that bad. But, uh, <laughs> I just got myself in trouble, didn't I? <laughs> but that, and then having the little ones and the, the the care that goes into that, you know, you know, just so, nonstop, right? It just, these, these little babies just want to eat with an amazing degree of regularity, right? And they need to be changed with an amazing degree of regularity and, and just so much work. And, and then um, as they become toddlers and, and uh, you know, kids at home, I remember my, mom, my wife saying, and, and I've heard my daughter say it, and I actually heard some of you say it, that you just want to be able to go to the bathroom by yourself. And so you finally worked it out, and you get in there, and then you look, and some little hand is reaching under the door, right? Does that happen to you, Mom? Yeah. And so they grow up, and just trying to keep track of them all, and get them dressed, and get them places. In fact, it's exciting to me that so many of your moms are here today, because you could have said, Mom's Day, I'm not doing that. But you're here. All the work that goes into that, the elementary years, when you know, you're trying to either teach them yourself or you're getting them in school or, you know, catching them, all the stuff that goes along with that. And, and uh, then the teenage years when all of a sudden these kids start acting like they don't need a mom, right? Uh, and the struggles and the feelings that go along with that and the busyness of life. And then they get, go away to college and, and you're, you can't figure out, mom, if you're happy or sad, right? I mean, because they're gone. They're gone. I mean, you know, it's this... this this uh, struggle there, they, they, they meet someone, they get married, and you think it's all, but now your heart still is there, and you're still watching, and you're still caring. That's a hard job. I mean, well worth doing, okay, let's just say that right up front. But it's not just an easy thing that you do, not if you take it seriously at all, it's not easy. And so we want to zero in on a couple of things today. First one I want to do is talk to all of us here today how we ought to treat our mothers, spend a little bit of time on that, and then I really want to focus in for you moms about what God has to say about how you can succeed 
at doing what God has given you to do. So let's, let's go to the word of God here to uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And we want to talk about how to treat your mother. Ephesians chapter 6. And if you don't have a Bible with you today, let's find there are some Bibles, uh, hopefully someplace around you in the chairs, underneath the chairs. And we are going to be on page 1347. Page 1347. And if you don't have access to the Bible, that's fine. Just, just listen. Uh, we'll make this as clear as possible. Ephesians chapter 6. The first three verses here. Again, page 1347. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, parents includes moms, right? Okay. So I'm going to change it there because of our focus today. Children, obey your mothers in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And he's referring back to the Ten Commandments. And, and there are multiple commandments. And I think this is like commandment number six. I'm not sure. Um, but it contains a promise that goes with it. Okay? And the commandment was honor your father and mother which is the first command with, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. In other words, uh, follow your mom's wisdom and teaching and you'll probably survive longer <laughs> than you otherwise would. So these two things that God says here uh, are to happen. This is how we are to treat our mothers. We are to obey them, we are to honor them. Now, obeying our mothers is a time-limited kind of thing. Okay? We are to obey our mothers when we are at home growing up under their authority. All right? At some point, we eventually leave home and we have to answer directly to God here and we're no longer in the position to obey our mothers, but now we still have to continue to honor our mothers. Okay? So, let's just talk about these two ideas. Obey. Boy, that's a... How many of us love the sound of the word obey? Only when we're telling someone else to do it, right? Doesn't, we don't like the feeling of that. But nonetheless, if you are at home under your parents' household, under your mother's roof, God tells you to obey her. And that means that if she says this is what is to be done, then you are supposed to do that. Now, let me help you understand this. Who was the one to said, obey your mother? I mean, sometimes it seems like mom's the one who said it, right? You will obey me. You will do what I tell you to do. Yeah, but God is the one who said to obey. Now, that means that if, if you are under your roof, right, and you're under your parents' authority still, and you are not obeying mom, it's not, I mean, yeah, you're disobeying mom, but who are you really disobeying? Who? God, because God is the one who said to obey your mother. Now, that kind of sets it in a different light, doesn't it? Because sometimes, for you young people, it's, it's easy, you know, because you're growing up, you're getting a mind of your own, and you're maybe a little frustrated. And, and, and by the way, mom's not always right, but she's still mom. And God said to obey her. But so you, you get frustrated, and you just kind of feel like you're pushing back against mom. But I want you to know you're not just pushing back against mom. When you are pushing back against mom, you are pushing back against God. Because God is the one who set this order in place. 
And that's a, that's a real growth thing when we can start to understand that. And, and we will discover we learn a lot about authority in our lives when we finally get it, that we need to do what mom says because God has said so, not because mom has said so. Now, when we were, had our kids growing up, we, we discovered something. We would tell them to do something and nothing happened. And I'd, mom would tell them to do it again and nothing happened. And then mom's voice got louder and the kids started to pay attention. The mom's voice got really loud and then finally somebody scurries and does something. Anybody else ever experienced that in your household? You know, oh, she hasn't got to the right level or facial color yet. I don't have to do anything yet. Or they, they do it and they do it like this. Oh. Now, none of you ever did that to your mom, did you? So we developed with our kids just a little simple way of talking about this. And if you're at home and you're still under your mother's authority, whether you're five years, six years old, or you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, but you're home under mom's authority, when you obey God, we, we, call, we had two-finger obedience we required. You obey the first time with a good attitude. And if either one of those is missing, you haven't obeyed properly. First time with a good attitude. So if mom tells you to do something, you need to do it. If she tells you to stop doing something, you need to stop doing it. And if you don't, you are disobeying God. And if you cop an attitude with mom, you're copying an attitude with God. That seems like a lot more serious, doesn't it? And that's what we need to understand. That's how seriously we need to look at our relationships with our moms, okay? And uh, like I said, mom's not perfect. Um, she'll be the first to tell you that. But God will work through your mother's imperfections. He, he knows what he's doing when he said for you to obey your mom. All right, now, once you leave home, which is the majority of us in here, we have left home or we have gotten married, you know, and we now have a different set of responsibilities when it comes to authority in our lives, we still have a responsibility to honor our moms. The main way when we're little we honor our moms is by obeying them. That's the main way we honor them. But this idea of honoring what does it mean? Well, I think honoring means that you, you look at your mom and you, you recognize and acknowledge the value that she has brought to your life. Man, it's she's, it's a good thing that she was in my life. And I, I recognize this. I realize that. And so if, when I realize that, I, that means I speak highly of my mother. Okay? I speak highly of her. I, you know, if I get an opportunity to be helpful to her, I am helpful to her. Uh, it means that I value what she values. And, and I guarantee you, as, as you're, you leave home and you're out, and you know this, if your moms are getting older, she values when you pick up the phone and call. She values when you remember something. She values when she calls and talks to you that you are glad to hear from her. And then, of course, as they get older, really just making sure their needs are, are met and cared for. Um, I remember the, the year that my mom passed away. It was this weekend, Mother's Day weekend. I got news. She didn't pass away Mother's Day weekend, but I got this news. She was in, all of a sudden, she'd had this huge downturn with this long-term disease that she had had and didn't know she was going to make it. And so I flew back. Pastor Dave preached that week. And, um, but I got there and I showed up. And 
You'd have thought I'd done the best thing that anybody could have ever done for my mother. Just the fact that I, I would you know, leave and go and be there, it just... So the idea is it's valuing her and, and making sure that she knows that you value her in those ways. And here's the thing about this. The command to obey has a limited shelf life. Okay, it ends when we move out and are on our own authority or get married and have that relationship. Um, but the command to honor is a lifelong command. I'm to honor my mother not until the day she dies, but until the day I die. It's an enduring commandment. And so th this means, and if we, have to, we choose to trust God, right, because it doesn't necessarily we always understand the specifics here, but we choose to trust God that somehow honoring my mother 12 years now after she's gone is good for me to do. It helps me. It makes me think of things differently. It makes me even interact, and I value mothers more because I value my mother. Does that make sense? All right. So how do we treat our moms? We do two things. We obey them if we are still under their authority, and obeying means you do what they say with a good attitude, and then we honor them for our entire lifetime. Now, you might say, yeah, but you don't know my mom. <laughs> My mom abandoned me when I was little or what, all that kind of stuff. And you know, there are some really hard stories that you live with, I know that. But you have something to honor her for. If nothing else, if the only thing you can possibly think of is that she chose not to abort you, but instead gave birth to you, you have reason to honor her because no matter how hard your life has been, I mean, you're here today hearing the word of God. The fact that you are alive and she brought you in this world means you have an opportunity to know God, to have a personal relationship with him, to live a life that's meaningful and purposeful and that will make a difference for all eternity because she gave birth to you. And most likely you can think of something beyond just giving birth that she's been of value to you in your life. And so we have this responsibility. So that's how we need to treat our moms. Now what I want to do is turn our attention now to moms and talk to you. The rest of you get to listen in, okay? Because there are things that we're going to talk to about moms that will also apply to you. But what I want, to, I want you to know, moms, is this. Be encouraged that God has designed you to succeed at your tasks. Does anybody ever notice there was a big difference between your mom and your dad? You know what you could get away with one and not with the other. Maybe there were those kinds of things. But there are other things. They were different. Well, guess what? They were different by God's design. Okay? So God's design for moms. The first, first uh, part of the design we'll talk about is this. He has made you a nurturer and a connector. He designed you to be nurturers. And, and this is both physically and at a soul level. But certainly physically, right? Because God... <laughs> It's such a miracle to me, the whole thing of conception and life growing, but God made you ladies to be able to actually conceive and have a life develop within you and to be able to give birth to that life. Us men can't do that. I don't care what the National Enquirer says. All right? And, and God has designed you so that under normal circumstances you can actually nourish your child from your body, feed your child. What, what a miraculous kind of thing. 
And, and this whole nurturing thing of how moms look at their children and how they interact with them. Now, this nurturing goes beyond just the physical, but I think the physical is a picture of the whole soul thing that goes along with a mom and her soul. You know, mom, uh, God designed you to be connectors as well. Now, what I want to do here is, is uh, talk to you a little bit about the fact that mothers' relationships with their children are different than their dads. They just are. It's interesting to me, after all these years, that you know, we raised our children together, all of them, and, and I'll be talking to my sons about something, and we're talking this, that, and the other thing, and then mom comes in, and they go talk to mom. It's like, is this the same kid? It's a whole different kind of conversation that's going on with mom. What they're talking about and how they're relating and how, you know, they were talking to me and said, how's work going? Oh, it's really going awesome, dad, you know, I got this project going and we're doing this and we're launching that and, you know, I got a raise and I said, what are you looking at, you know, down the line? Well, there's this other position I can go for. That's cool, son. Talk to mom. How's your job going? Oh, it's just going amazing, mom. I get to work with all these cool people and I'm like, it's just different. I'm kind of exaggerating, but you, you, have you ever experienced that? Anybody here experienced that besides me? Yeah, okay. It's a different kind of relationship. And, and what I want to do is turn to the book of Proverbs and show you just a few examples of where even Proverbs, uh, it's not prescribing this difference, it's describing this difference. Turn to Proverbs chapter four. I think moms see their children differently than dad. They just have a different way of looking at things than dad does. Proverbs chapter four. And let's, let's, I'll start in verse number one. By the way, it's page uh, 728. Is that right? 720, yeah, page 728. Chapter four, verse one says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. Okay, the father teaching. And then... He says, he's describing his experience. He says, when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. Now I want you to see here. He, why didn't he just say, when I was my father's son and my mother's son? He doesn't. He said, I was my father's son and I was what? Tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. You see the difference, the different feel there about that relationship, okay? All right, um, dads do well to pay attention to this, dads. You do well to pay attention to this because your mother, your mother, uh, your wife, the mother of your children is perceiving things on a different level than you are. And, and she may not, her conclusions may not always be right, okay, because none of us are perfect. So I'm not saying she's always right about her conclusions, but I, what I'm telling you is that she is perceiving things at a different level than you are, from a different angle than you are, with a different feeling than you are. And so you do well to learn to listen to her and to think about what she's saying and talk to God about what she's saying. Ask God to help you get it. <laughs> okay, so that's a little tidbit for you dads there along the way. Now, a mother's heart seems to be more intertwined with her children. Now, this doesn't mean dads don't, don't love their children. He loves them just as much, but he loves them like a man. We're going to talk about dads next week, okay? 
but it's different. Her heart is more intertwined, and I think this means she experiences a different kind of emotional connection with her kids. Let's go over to chapter 10, page 734. Chapter 10 and verse number one. And once again, we're just looking at the, the, how these things are described. The Proverbs of Solomon says, a wise son makes a glad father. But a foolish son is the grief of his mother. And do you see that this doesn't this feel like a different level of emotional connection? Yeah, dad, he's glad. We probably would have said a foolish son makes him sad. Kind of like Dr. Seuss, right? For dad, when you do well, he's glad. When we don't do well, he's sad. But if you mess up, it is a grief to your mother's soul. You get it? You see what I'm trying to say to you? There's this different level of connection. Go over to chapter 23. Actually, we'll tell you for time's sake, let's go to chapter 29. Page 760. This verse we're actually looking at is really telling us that we need to make sure that we discipline our children or it's going to bring problems into our lives. But I want you to see what it says. Verse 15 says, the rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And so there's a sense that if you don't discipline your children, you'll have this problem. But I want you to see that mom has this emotional connection. It's all very, very personal to mom. It's very, very personal to mom. In fact, if, do you remember the story when Jesus was 12 years old and uh, they were visiting Jerusalem and they got ready to leave and they thought Jesus was with the whole crowd that left. It turns out he wasn't. He stayed there and talked to the religious leaders and you know, was amazing them with his understanding of the scriptures and all this. And they, that night they set up camp and realized he wasn't there. Now that Mary and Joseph, they're getting worried. They gotta go back to Jerusalem. They go back a day's journey the next day and they try to find him. And when they eventually find him, it's interesting to me. Listen to what Mary says. Mary says this. She says, son, why have you done this to us? Now, what I want you to see here is, to Mary, this is what? Personal. This wasn't, I mean, I could hear dad saying, why did you do this? But mom feels it at a different level and says, why did you do this to us? Now, this can work for you or against you, moms, right? Because you can make things personal sometimes that you ought not make personal. But it is a benefit that you feel it like this, that this motivates you at that level. This is personal. This is about you and me. And this really, really matters. You see that you have been perfectly designed to succeed, moms. Perfectly designed to accomplish what God has given you to do. Now, you understand that, that sin in the world, right? Sin came into the world and we've all sinned. We're born with that tendency toward doing our own thing. And that affects you moms. It does. Sometimes you mess up. Aren't you glad that God loves us unconditionally? Aren't you glad that he gives us our grace? So yeah, you wanna get it right. You do moms, but don't beat yourself up when you mess up. Say, here I am, God. This is why you came, Jesus. Help me to get it right. 
and go forward. By the way, when you fail and you address that properly, you taught your kids a world of good because they learn how to respond to God when they don't get it right. All right, so you are designed to succeed. Second thing I want you to see is this, that God tells you how to succeed as well. And the first thing you gotta do is you gotta get your priorities right, okay? Get your priorities right. And, and here are the priorities. It is God first, and then it is your husband if you are married, and, if, if, and then it's your children. Because sometimes you'll hear, and I know that sometimes you feel this way, taking care of my children is my most important job. And I get why you feel that way. But it's not true, okay? You will do a disservice if you put your children before anything and everything else. You will teach them the wrong thing. You need to put God first in your life, ladies. That is the most important thing they need to see from you. That you have come to understand that you, like all of us, have sinned against the holy God and, and, and that sin separated you from God. But you have come to understand that Jesus died to pay for your sins and, and rose again from the dead. And then you, you, you've said to God, God, I, I need a Savior. And you receive Christ as Savior. And he forgives your sins and gives you eternal life and begins to change from the inside out. Your children need to see that that relationship with Christ comes before anything else in your life. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What, what more important thing could you possibly teach your children than that? Anything else you, you tell, teach them is more important than that is gonna sidetrack them and derail them and create huge tensions and problems in their lives, possibly even them not knowing Christ and dying in that condition. So there's nothing more important than you can do to put Christ first in your life. Now, when you put Christ first in your life, you're going to be meeting your children's needs. Now, the second tendency is this, is to think that your children come before your husband. And let me just say this, when I'm gonna talk about this, I'm talking in principles here, because sometimes you do have to do something for your children before your husband, sometimes vice versa. I mean, this, we're not talking about, hey, I gotta feed the kids first. We're not talking about those kinds of things. We're talking about how you view your life. Because if you are married, let's say that first, I'll talk about if you aren't in a minute. If you are married, um, you have a responsibility to, to show respect for your husband and to interact with him together, follow the Lord with him and to show him that respect. And here's the thing. Sometimes your husband isn't very respectable. <laughs> you might look at him and say, he doesn't seem very respectable. How do I do that? Well, God says you need to show him respect. You need to treat him like he already is the way he's supposed to be. Okay, and you're to, to do that. Uh, and you do that the best you can. Sometimes marriage is hard. Sometimes maybe your husband doesn't, is, isn't even a believer and you have all sorts of issues there. I get it. But what I want you to do is you keep going to God and say, God, how do I do this? And, and then make the best calls you know how to make, right? And you keep working through it and you keep trying to have your heart open to God because it is so important. If you do not have a proper relationship with your husband, you are teaching your children they don't need to have a proper relationship with God. How so? Remember when we said children obey your parents? If you disobey your parents, who are you really disobeying? God. God says to you, if you're a wife, Respect your husband 
And if you don't respect him, who are you disrespecting? Not just him, but God. And what are you teaching your children? It's okay to not do what God says if you got a good enough excuse. All right? Now, I understand. Please understand. I understand the dynamics of marriage and, and the hardships. There. And sometimes it's really hard to figure all this stuff out. Sometimes you just need to get help. All I'm saying is, would you open your heart up to God and say, God, you told me I need to do this. Please help me figure out how to do this. Not just for you, God. I want to honor you. Not just for my marriage. I want to do that. But God, I need to do this for, your, for the children you've given me. So they see what it means to do what God says, even if it's hard. All right. Now, if you do, are not married, you know, you're not married to your children's father, and, and maybe the father's in the life or the father isn't, I don't know. But what you, it is, generally speaking, it is good for the father to be in their children's life. It's good for the children, generally speaking. Sometimes there's specific situations why that's not true. But generally speaking, so moms, you need to try to be as open as you can to keeping the father in the children's life as much as you, there's a principle in scripture. Uh, in Romans, it says, as much as it depends on you, as much as it's in your control, live at peace with everyone. And so that principle applies here. Moms, if, if dad is, you're not married to dad, he's not in the home, as much as it's in your control, do what you can to keep that relationship a healthy one. Okay? Now, if dad isn't interested, or dad is totally gone and absent, be encouraged. Because when that happens, God steps in in a special way. Uh, Psalm chapter 27 and verse 10. David says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. And so if dad forsakes their child and, you know, and just is out of the picture, isn't interested or is just gone, know that God leans in and begins a special work in your, your child's life. That's good to know, isn't it? He goes to work there. All right. So now let's talk about uh, your responsibility to raise your children for the Lord, uh, to train them in those kinds of things. You want to train your children up to, to live God's way. And this means you need to love them properly. Now, when we talk about love, and we've talked about what the definition of love is in the Bible, the kind of love that God calls us to, it's loving people the way God loves us. And God has loved us, He's, that means he always acts in our best interest, even when it's costly. That's what God does. And so parents, moms, you need to always act in your children's best interest, even when it's costly, even when it's hard. What's really in their best interest, not what they think is in their best interest, not what society says is in their best interest. Teach your children how to live God's way. Teach them the scriptures. This is what Timothy's mom, and grandma did. Let's look at the scripture there, Dan. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ. And so Paul here saying that to, to, about Timothy's mom, Timothy's mom made sure that Timothy knew the scriptures. Tim, Timothy's grandma got involved and made sure that Timothy knew the scriptures from the time he was a child. What's interesting to me is Paul says, you need to remember these things, and he says, and remember who it was that taught you that. 
Why? What difference does it make who taught you it? Well, apparently this role of a mom speaking God's word into their lives just deepens the impact of it. So read your kids, Dr. Seuss. I love Dr. Seuss. Read your kids, Curious George. I love that. But don't forget to teach them the scriptures. Get them a good Bible, story Bible they can understand and teach them about God. Don't put that at, you know, at the last part. And then teach them through your example because how you live will either reinforce what you teach them or it will undermine what you teach them. And I'm telling you this, we, we have discovered over the years here that you know, we can have a great children's ministry and we can have a great uh, youth ministry, but if one or more of the parents are living a hypocritical life, it is almost impossible to overcome. We have kids come from terrible backgrounds, parents that are split up and, and, and drugs in the household and problems, and those kids make it. And you give me a parent who, who acts one way at church and talks one way at church around other Christians and then goes home and acts a different way and talks a different way, that kid learns that ain't true. And you undermine their faith. So do not do that. And I'm persuaded that most of you aren't doing that. Okay, so... All right, finally, God has a big vision for you as a mother. It's a responsibility, an opportunity. What greater thing could you do? Do you think that running a, a Fortune 500 uh, company as a CEO measures up to taking a life, producing a life and taking a life and instilling a relationship with God in this child that this child goes out and makes a difference in things that matter forever? Nothing else the world offers can compare. God has a vision for you. Uh, this includes opportunity and responsibility. I want to focus on opportunity a little bit. I'm, and I'm going to have to move along here quickly. So I'm, I'm looking at my notes trying to figure out what to leave out. Okay? I really want to encourage you to think about what you're investing in at home when you're investing in your child. Are you investing in trying to make sure that your child has the most stylish clothing, your, your child has uh, the, the shoes that everybody else has, make sure your child has a cell phone, make sure your child gets in every uh, activity at school that might help them to get into college, and, and this is your whole focus, your primary focus. Stop preparing your children to fit in this world. Prepare them to know God, to love God, to serve God. And all that other stuff will find its place. There's a place for it. But Jesus says, what's the profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? So let's keep that order right there. Finally, God has a vision for you as mothers beyond the home. In uh, Romans chapter 16, the apostle Paul talking to a friend, Rufus, he says, hey, you know, let's greet your mother and mine. And Paul and Rufus weren't brothers. What this means is that Rufus's mom in Rome when Paul was there, that Rufus's mom was like a mom to Paul. It's like a mother to him. What, what difference do you think it would make in our church if moms, if you perceived your role as not just about being your own children's mother, but I'm available to fulfill role of mother at some level to anybody here who needs me. And that's really hard when your kids are little. <laughs> but as you go on and, and, as you, and you've graduated out of the kids at home into a role like Glenda and I have, you know, to be a mother in the church. We need that perspective. We need that ministry. All the things we talked about, the God, you know, the nurture, we need that in the church. 
And God has prepared you and given you great wisdom as you've walked with him and growing up and mothering your child. And it's a bigger picture than that that God has for you. And I, we don't have time to look at the verse. I'm just going to tell you the story. In Israel, they had been, um, they were, uh, can't think of the word, but they had people come in and other, other countries and had taken possession of their country and there was no freedom. And, and the people were struggling under this and they were praying to God and asking him for a deliverer. And it tells a story of a woman named Deborah. So she was a prophetess and she was someone who spoke for the Lord and, and she actually had a place where she had set up shop. Apparently her kids are all grown. Okay, she's older. Her kids are all grown. She set up shop and it talks about that Deborah sits under the palm of Deborah. She sat under the tree there and people would come to her for wisdom and advice and this. And they were really thinking, we got to do something to throw these captors out of our land. And so uh, this man named Barak, who was a military leader, came to her and said, uh, can we, what are we going to do? Can you help me? And he say, she says, well, you're the man. Go do it. He says, no, no, no. We need you. And so she worked with it and helped it. And they got a victory. But here's what I want you to see. There's a whole chapter devoted to this song of praise that, that Deborah wrote and Barak wrote. But in this, she talks about the problems. There was no freedom. There was struggle. There were burdens. She says, until I arose, Deborah, and she describes herself this way, a mother in Israel. Not a prophetess, not a military leader, a mother in Israel. How big a deal is it to be a mom? And what is that? What do you have to bring to the table? I want you to say, that's what God, you know, you feel like, gee, I'm done. My kids are gone. I'm all done. Let's say, no, 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 no. Now's the time to step up and to see yourself as a mother to those around you. See yourself in a mother role or at least ready to help with that of the people in your neighborhood and in your community. And how about in a nation? How about in a nation? And, and the, the song there says, awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, sing your song, Deborah. In other words, you have something unique to bring to this. Come and sing your song. Be who you are. Be a mother in Israel. Now, that's my challenge to you is moms. Be faithful. Do all these kinds of things we talk about, but catch the vision for what God wants from you. He wants, he has big things in mind for you. And so I say to you, and I just changed the word there, awake, awake, mothers, awake, awake, sing your song. God has given you something unique to bring to this. As a mother and as you, that individual mother that God designed. So moms, be encouraged. You can do it. Not on your own. <laughs> With God, you can do this. He will use you for great things. I'm going to look forward to seeing it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your, work, your word and that you speak to these issues. I thank you for these precious, precious ladies, Father, that you've given us, moms, moms-to-be, uh, those, who, Lord, who, who maybe weren't able to have children but have still invested in children because you made them that way. I pray, Father, that you'd encourage them, that they, can, they would follow you faithfully and that you would use them to raise their children in those times when they feel like they're failing, that you'll give them eyes to see that, their faithfulness is going to make a difference. And then I pray, Father, beyond that, you begin to give them a vision that in the middle of whatever they're going through right now, that you are preparing them for a much greater role. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, thank you. God bless you. Next week we will zero in on dads.